Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 47. Today we are in Luke chapter 20 as we make our way uh, through the 24 chapters of Luke. I want to thank you for taking the time to stop in tonight. Uh, If this is your first uh, evening here, I want to appreciate you stopping in, taking the time. Uh, If you've been along for the ride in this podcast, I, I appreciate you joining with me each time and pray that the Lord ministers to your heart through His Word. Uh, as he faithfully does. So we'll begin uh, Luke chapter 20. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things. They said, Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, We don't know where it was from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. I think this is a pretty profound um, portion because we have a glimpse into seeing that the Pharisees, the priests, the teachers of the law, the elders, they had a very good understanding of the consequences of their words. They knew, they had insight into um knowing what what would be asked of them or what would be demanded of them by way of uh, rational thought by by way of logic or by way of understanding they knew that if they answered a certain way Jesus would say well why do you not believe me and so there's an element here to their, well, rather to their lack of response. But there's an element here that they had insight. They knew that if if they said it was, if John's baptism, if it was from heaven, they knew that Jesus would then demand from them, well, then why is it that you do not believe 
my uh, directive or my authority being from heaven. So they had some they had some insight into what would be demanded of them. Now the next part of that is they also had a fear of man. So there is you could call this a po- kind of political and then you could call the first part of that question the spiritual. And this is exactly what we see in the behavior with these religious leaders. You see a mixing of spiritual and political. And I believe that this is a reality that we find in um, Jesus cautioned his followers of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And in that you see the Pharisees being the religious or the spiritual and Herod being the political. There is a danger in mixing, a mixture. And we see that here in these these very leaders a fear of man, a political component, and then the spiritual component. And at the end of it, we see the cost was very great because they wouldn't own up to the truth. They, they lacked the ability to come into revelation what I mean by that is verse 8, Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. They had an opportunity for revelation. They had an opportunity for insight, but they they, um, they failed to take advantage of that opportunity because, because they couldn't accept the truth and the, the spiritual truth, and then there was the component of fear of man. So moving on in, chap- in verse 9, he said, He went on to tell people this parable. So Jesus went on to speak of a parable. He said, A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent a still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. This is spoken spoken like the true devil. You see, when we go back all the way to the, to the garden, 
even really even before the garden when the devil got himself kicked out of heaven he wanted to ascend above god he wanted to to ascend to the highest place to be seated in the highest honor receiving worship and praise and adoration and so this kind of language let's kill him who the son the heir so the inheritance will be ours <clears throat> this is spoken like the true perspective of the devil verse 15 so they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him what then will the owner of the vineyard do to them he will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others when the people heard this they said god forbid jesus looked directly at them and asked then what is the meaning of that which is written the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Uh, that's a reference out of Psalm 118.22. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them, but they were afraid of the people. The teachers of the law and the chief priests look for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. You know, I think we kind of get this, um, this picture or we have this understanding that these religious leaders, Pharisees, they, that they seemed to be very um, slow to understand. But I, I'm not sure that this is true. In this parable, they were able to connect the dots that Jesus was speaking regarding them. And even previously, like we discussed... When they came to the conclusion that they would just answer, they didn't know where John's baptism was from. I think we um, underappreciate the ability for them, the, the ability they had to understand things. Now, granted, they chose to reject they hardened their hearts against the truth, suppressing the truth, the knowledge of God. And, and, and so by, by that became children of wrath. And moving forward in chapter, verse, eight, verse 20, it says, Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. Hmm. This is why we need discernment more than ever. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. I would just encourage us. I've said this previously. I just want to kind of reiterate it here. 
They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over, so they would have something to accuse him of. Let us not be a people who who are looking for things to catch people in saying. We do this with ministries and ministers that we we have problems with in in what they teach and what they things that they believe to be true and so so many times we we go through what they say and the the work of their ministry we go through it with this fine tooth comb looking eagerly to find things that are mentionable and i would just encourage us to not be that type of person it is a it is a cancer that infects your heart and it serves to infect the hearts of others and this is not a behavior that we want to mimic here that we see these are those who were actually themselves trying to bring about the downfall of Jesus Christ. We do not want to emulate the behavior of antichrist um, agents. Okay. 21. So the spies questioned him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. (laughs) Sounds like they're buttering him up. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity. That's a great word. And said to them, Show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give to Caesar... Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public, and astonished by his answer, they became silent. God, I just ask that you would give us wisdom like this, that we can silence our accusers. Verse 27, some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus with a question. (laughs) Now, just at the very beginning of that, pay attention to what it said. There were some Sadducees and they don't believe in a resurrection. But they come to Jesus with a question. And now pay close attention to their question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife... But no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, (laughs) whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Do you see the futility of their question? They asked a question that they didn't even believe in as a possibility. This this reveals the futility and and as Jesus po- reveals to us later, 
re- uh, reveals their inaccurate knowledge and understanding of God's word. Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Okay, this I just saw this, and I think it's interesting, um, something to consider. He, Jesus says, But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection of the dead. It's easy to think of the age to come as the age of the resurrection of the dead. But Jesus splits that apart. And at the beginning, he said the people of this age, Mary, that would be speaking of this, um, the current era that they are in. The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. So it's interesting to me that Jesus splits those two components, the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead. Two separate things joined together by and. What is he suggesting in that in that uh, reality? And he says in thirty six, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since. They are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. Some of the teachers of the law responded, Well said, teacher. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. Hmm. When Jesus said to them, Why is it said that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Um, just for reference, that is an uh, excerpt out of Psalms, uh, Psalm 110, verse 1. They said, they said in 44, David calls him Lord. How can he be his son? While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. 
They devour widows' houses, and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. You know, it's interesting to me. If you notice that section starting in verse 27, some of the Sadducees, they propose a question. And in starting in verse 34, Jesus answers that. He answers the question. Now, in 41, Jesus said to them, he, he, proposed, he proposed a question to them. And, and they are left speechless. We have no, we have no response. They, and I think this is evidenced in, remember, the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection, but they were trying to propose a question that um, would perhaps trip them up or, or be difficult to answer. And so it, it is almost as though Jesus kind of one-ups them and gives them a question that's even more stunning So I find that I find that very interesting and and here we see no response recorded and so Jesus goes into uh talking warning the teachers of the law I think that one of the things that his warning um serves us well is it cautions us to be to be to be cautious of how we allow our hearts to um, to function to operate they he said they like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect they love to have the most important seats and places of honor. They devour widows' houses. That means they're they're self-serving. They're interested in the advancement of themselves. And for a show, they make lengthy prayers. They like people to 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 be in awe of them. This is the types of behavior. This is the fruit of the heart that we want to avoid. Because Jesus himself says these men will be punished most severely. Hmm. So I think that's where we will end it. I appreciate you taking the time to stay with me on this. I pray that it's a blessing to your heart, that the, that the Holy Spirit would open your heart and mind to show you something fresh and new that you have never seen before. And uh, and until next time, we'll see you on the next one. If it means God bless. I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you.